Hi, this is Shalina from the Declutter Me podcast. Uh, welcome today. And I have another special guest today, uh, Lisa Pantling of Clutter Free Living. Um, we've known each other for years through APDO, um, which is our association for professional organizers. And I thought it would be wonderful to have her here to talk about her speciality. Um, she deals with clients predominantly who are dealing with grief or have physical disabilities. And I thought it'd be amazing to hear her, you know, her story, how she became an organizer and find out how she, you know, works with her clients. So welcome, Lisa. Hi, thank you. It's lovely to have you here. Um, so let's start off. Like, how did you become an organizer? Ooh, um, well, I used to so care um for one of the London boroughs and uh we were finding we were getting lots and lots of clients um who had very hoarded homes and um just really struggling uh and so we started um looking a lot more into the support that we could offer for people with hoarding behavior and we held a couple of events and I'd managed to find APDO and invite somebody along who specialised in that area as well. Um, and, yeah, I just thought, gosh, that would be a lovely job. It would be my perfect job, in fact. Uh, but I was about eight months pregnant at the time. So um, I kind of put that on hold while I had a baby and had maternity leave. But while I was on maternity leave, that's, I um, thought, this is it. I'm going to go for it. So I set up my website. Thing. So when my son was just a year old that I started, I was ready to go. I'd... I'd had my time to prepare myself. So yeah, that's kind of, I think, probably me of knowing it was a real job. <laughs> yeah, it's always fascinating when you, like, I talk to organisers and even myself, like, I thought about doing this for years and years and thought it was mad, like, paying money to organise. But when I realised from Apto mm. that it's a thing, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I can do this now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I you... think um, a lot of people do when I talk to new men, they're, they're always say the same thing like oh I've realized it's a real job and I always knew this was what I wanted to do but I didn't think it was a real thing um and they always it's just so lovely when then people manage to get into it and change their career yeah yeah no it's amazing it's it's, it's brilliant so one of your specialities um that I mentioned before is that you help people with physical disabilities so what got you into that specifically like you know you you said you you learn about organising, but what got you into that? Definitely just my social work background. It's just what I've always done. Like my first job was as a home carer. Um, so I've always worked with people who are having some kind of challenges. Um, and it's really just about focusing on what people can do rather than what they can't. Um, mm. So I've worked in rehab, community rehab and that kind of field really. Um, so it's finding the ways to help people to be independent so it's not about getting a relationship where they need me to do things for them it's completely the opposite it's about being being able to see people's strengths and then right making things work for them in their home so that they can do what they want by themselves that's amazing so what kind of um challenges do they face that might be different from you know us on our normal day-to-day -day basis with being organized you know I can imagine the wardrobe's a big issue and maybe the kitchen um but do and you know a lot of them don't have specially built kitchens do they or space it like furniture for them do they 
Um, depends if, if it's some people have you know a lifelong condition um, that every now and then they just need a bit of help to kind of reset base. Um, for other people that might have had an accident or might have developed a condition or might have progressive, so it's slowly gotten worse over time. Um, it's it's more a case of kind of looking at how you can put things in a way that makes life easier. Um, so if it's hard work to do anything for any of us, it, it puts you off doing it. So if you've on top of that, yeah, you've also got some mobility problems or just a sort of a certain um, level of energy before you get quite fatigued. Mm. You need to focus quite um, specifically on, right, I need to be able to get up and do this, this and this before I need to have a, a break. Or um, for some people who are working, you know, all their energy has to go into work. So then they don't, well, like a lot of us, then you don't, you come home and you don't really spend the time yourself or your surroundings. Um, and that doesn't change whether you have mental health issues or um, an acquired brain injury or whatever it might be. Um, we all kind of have to focus on the, the must do stuff. Um, right, yeah. and anything that's kind of optional gets pushed to the side mm. yeah I can understand that so uh, you know so what um you know you talked about ergonomics on your I saw on your your blog and you've got a website how do you use that with helping these you know these mm. kind of clients um I just know about ergonomic chairs and that's about it because I need one but what else is involved wow yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's kind of a good start, actually, because, um, yeah, that's certainly something we would have looked at, like in the rehab team as well. And it's about so you have an ergonomic chair so that you can work. Right. So yeah. it's comfortable and you can be more efficient and not have to keep stopping. And th so it, if you apply that, you know, ergonomics really is about having the, the equipment that you need and the environment that you need so that you can achieve what you want to and as efficiently as possible. Um, so, and sometimes that might be slightly different if somebody, for instance, does use a wheelchair um, or does have something like, I don't know, like fibromyalgia or something where they can't move their shoulders or arms up high, for instance. You're looking at having things on to be accessible quite easily. Um, right. yeah. But even just generally with clients, I, I did a talk and I talked about um, just making a cup of tea, for instance, the most simple thing that most people do every morning um, or coffee in my, for me. Um, if you're, you know, is here and your sink's way over there and your fridge is over there and your cups are, you know, behind your plates in that cupboard and your tea's in the food cupboard, but you so you have like seven journeys to make a cup of tea. Yeah. So yeah, in yeah. you know if you're going to look, be looking at, at ergonomics when you're doing it, you're going to have one cupboard that's got cups and tea and sugar and coffee, which is next to your kettle, which is not too far from your sink, with a drawer under that's got your spoons, and you can pretty much all without having to move around the kitchen. And for the, yeah. for the people in that talk they did, they were like, oh, my God, yeah, all oh, my things are all over the place. And so it's – and that's the most feedback from using that example that I've ever got from a talk afterwards of people going, oh, I've just totally rearranged my kitchen. Just everyone can kind of relate to that. Yeah. Um, so all you've got to do is slightly adapt it 
you know, if, you, if somebody has got even more challenges with their physical health, it's just to adapt that even more so that they can do it without having to stretch and move around. So it's it's not a hugely different way of working. It's just, just about having that awareness, I think, that, um, yes, your cups might look really pretty in that cupboard, but if you can't reach that cupboard yeah. sometimes for some reason, you're going to end up just keep leaving. And then that's when you things start yeah. piling up on top of each other of not getting put away. And um, so you want to make everything. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Like, yeah, that, that tea example is, it's amazing for everybody. Like everybody has that. Yeah. That, that works so well. And now I'm like, yeah, for, if you're wheelchair bound or if you have a disability, it, you need it as easy as possible to access, don't you? That That's just incredible. Like, and how did you, did you always think like that in that kind of way? Because I know we all, all us organizers have different ways of thinking and organizing. So how, so has that always been your way of thinking of in that way or did you train yourself? How did you get to that, to know how to help these people uh, well, that's with good their question. challenges? <laughs> I think it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit of both. So um, certainly it comes from some training from, from meditation um, because that's what you do um you know if you're working with an occupational therapist they they are yeah. experts in that area that's exactly what they do for um so definitely there's an element of training in it as well um but yeah I think uh as I did my blog I used to be a home carer and when you've got to go into like sometimes 10 different kitchens every day and you've got it and you kind of think like logically where things are going to be and then they're not there yeah. I think it kind of gets in your brain like god if everybody you know most people keep their cutlery in the top drawer kind of central in yeah. the kitchen most people do but some people don't and then that really throws you <laughs> trying to find stuff and you've only got yeah. half an hour and you've got to make lunch for instance and you know do medication and everything else so I think it's really um, it's it's it, if you if people have things logically for themselves. Yeah. The other thing I always say to my clients now as well is that um, it's it's good if you don't have to rely completely on your memory. So if you can't remember where you've put something, where would be the logical place that you would put it? So at least if it makes sense, yeah. you haven't always got to remember it. And that kind of helps some people too. If yeah. if you've got something again, like an acquired brain injury or ADHD, um, or maybe a stroke or dementia, early stages of dementia, where memory isn't going to be your strongest point, logic is your your fallback. Yeah. Like, where would I keep something? You know, where would everybody keep that kind of item? And then hopefully it should be there. Yeah, yeah. So do you you help people as well with um, dementia and um, uh, what's the, the other one, Alzheimer's as well? Um, how does that help? You know, yes, they can think logically, but as they progressively get worse, um, how do you help them to, you know, stay mm. organised and, you know, keep the systems? Mm. Yeah, and it might be that some people do start needing some regular support as time goes on. Um, but for if you're slowly losing your memory, then familiarity is really important because those the older memories will stick. So that's not a good time to start moving stuff around because that will actually be more confusing. Um, so depending on what point you meet somebody and start working with them, 
you might have to take a slightly different approach to work with that. But also, um, you know, there I mean, there's amazing technology nowadays where you can have like things uh, like movement activated voice things. Um, so if you go into a certain room, there can be a recorded voice of one of your family members saying, you know, oh, it's not lunchtime yet or something like that. Um, oh, wow. It always used to be called telecare I'm not sure if updated the name now but and and also just leaving notes I mean having something really prominent to remind you about stuff again for any of us um is is never a bad thing really yeah because I have seen I saw an article on the BBC about how someone in Pakistan had created a whiteboard for their family with Alzheimer's and it had notes saying this is your family this is where this is this is where this is so it was all on a board so they woke mm-hmm. up went into the hallway and saw this board of stuff so I suppose that's another way to to remind them but that voice activated thing is really brilliant that's very good technology now I suppose <laughs> Let me ask you, what are your top tips and tricks to help people who are uh, to organize who do have like challenges, um, you know, whether physical or mental challenges? Um, probably, again, like for most people, I would say it doesn't have to look really pretty. It just needs to work for you. And, and yep. even, you know, if you are talking about health conditions, they, they're not going to affect you the same way that they affect the next person so it's not like oh if you know um if you need to use a walking stick do things in this certain way because actually it doesn't matter people find the most amazing adaptive ways to still be independent um and a lot of people will just say well there's certain things I'm I'm actually just going to get someone else in to do because I'd rather spend my time doing this other thing that's my priority Mm. so you know, we never need to make assumptions about what we think people need. Right. Um, every client is the expert on their life. So we're a prof- yeah, we're professionals true. and we know our stuff, but we don't know anything about other people and they are always the experts. So we can give them advice and we can ask questions, but ultimately I like to be in the lead so that when you go, you're like, okay, I know that you're going to be fine now. You've got everything just how you want it and that you decided on. And if you need me for, you know, a little top up visit in a few months time, then that's great because we just know where everything goes and, and hopefully it's easy and works. Yeah, no, that sounds brilliant. Um, So finally, uh, Lisa, how can people find out more about what you do and get in touch with you, especially if they're in the UK um, and need some help? Um, So I, um, as you mentioned, I've got my website, um, which is gutterfl.co.uk. And I'm more than happy for people, my phone number's on there and email address just to get in touch and various social media channels which always sounds weird to me but I am on there now (laughs) um and people get in touch in all sorts of different ways and that's that's you know whatever works fine (laughs) awesome all right well thank you so much Lisa this has been amazing it's been lovely to find out about what you do it's it's fascinating I loved it um thank you so much and uh, it was brilliant